You're listening to Pole Parlor, a fun, inspiring podcast for all those bewitched by pole dance. Each week, your Madam Crimson Minx has candid conversation with unique, engaging individuals from within and around the pole dance community. Pole Parlor is passionate about preaching creativity, soulful sensuality, and empowerment through pole dance. You know how we do. Welcome everyone to Pole Parlor. This is episode 48. Makita of Flying Over 50. I'm your host, Crimson Minx. This week on the podcast, we have self-proclaimed sexy senior and pole priestess Makita of the blog Flying Over 50. On this episode, we talk about how Makita discovered pole in her 50s and how it's helped transform her life, how she views pole studios as goddess temples and dance as a spiritual practice, how she turned negative social media into a positive experience, and we discuss the need for different levels of entry and pull in order to be more inclusive as a community. Also, don't forget to check out Makita's post-podcast interview on the blog at pollparlor.com where she shares her favorite photos, music, video, and more. And if you're enjoying these episodes, please share with your pole homies so we can spread the gospel of pole dance together. So now, let's bring on Makita. Welcome, Makita of Flying Over 50 to the Pole Parlor Podcast. How are you today? Hi, how are you? How are you? Blessings. Oh, blessings right back to you. Everything's doing swell over here. and so excited <laughs> to speak with you. Thank you. I'm like honored to be invited to Pole Parlor. I love Pole Parlor. Oh, Pole Parlor! I feel like I have, I have, I have actually arrived. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about it. you've been featured in a lot of things, so I'm honored to be on that list. <laughs> you are. You are. So thank you. You're welcome. So let's jump in with the first question we ask everyone. Okay. For how long have you been polling, and how did you first discover pole dance? This is my sixth year for polling. And how did I discover pole dance? Girl, that's a long story. I discovered it by fluke. Um, Okay, I have to tell you two things. Sure. I've never really gone to strip clubs, but I had a client who was a bodyguard and manager at a strip club in San Diego. And I was doing PR for him. And the strip club was actually doing a fundraiser for blah, 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 something. Anyway, so I ended up going to San Diego. And this is so weird because this is still in my mind. This is way before I started pole dancing. All the women had on the baddest shoes. And when (laughs) I was walking around the women, like some of the shoes were like 10 inches and 9 inches. And they all had this, like they all had this sense of diva empowerment about them. Like I had never been that close to dancers before. And I was just like... Wow, like the energy of it was so cool. So I remember that. And then sitting inside the gentleman's club, there was a woman. I remember her in my head. She was way up on the pole and she was doing these amazing tricks. And in my mind, I just looked at her saying, oh, my God, she's a living goddess. I would never in 100 years be able to do what she's doing. Like she just blew me away. That's where the seed was planted. There you go. <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> Little did I know. It cut chase the years later, how I got introduced to pole dancing. That's a whole long story, which I guess we can get into. But We have the time. Okay. Well, I was in this really low period in my life. Girl, it was really low. It was like suicidal low. I had lost everything. I've told this story again and again, but it's kind of important because I was really at a low point. Like every day it was hard to get up out the bed. I just really did not want to be here on the planet. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to regroup. I had lost everything, lost my houses, lost my cars. My man had walked out of me and never called me again, never looked back, never sent me a dollar, left me broke down. Oh my God, oh. so much problem. IRS had audited me. My house had got foreclosed. My car that got repoed, like everything you could think of bad that could happen. 
almost everything, but like a whole lot of stuff that happened really horrible. I had lost my house. I was living in a 3,000 square foot house like a diva girl, lost the house, everything. <laughs> had to move to Hollywood in a one bedroom apartment. I hadn't lived in an apartment in like 25 years. I felt like my life was over. Like, what? <laughs> oh, no. What year was this? This was like in 2009. I lost that everything was... in 2008, 2009, 2010, all of that. Like I lost, I started losing everything in 2008. By 2009, everything had crashed. By 2000, end of 2009, 2010, I was living in Hollywood, trying to make the best of my days, living off of Groupon and living social coupons, trying to, <laughs> you know, trying to, trying to have some semblance of life as I knew it. So didn't have a car, was living in Hollywood, um, would go for walks every day, walk around Hollywood, try to keep, you know, keep my energy up. Yeah. Walking down Hollywood Boulevard one day, there was this woman who was being photographed. She was an older woman and she was on the, on, um, you used to live in Hollywood, in LA, right? I, know, I was just going to say, your lowest life sounds like my highest of life, but <laughs> it's all perspective now, isn't it? <laughs> Like one bedroom in Hollywood. I, I know, right, right, but <laughs> I was moving up. I wasn't moving down. So again, it's all but, perspective, but, but, Mama. But parts of Hollywood are really ghetto, and that was in ghetto <laughs> Hollywood. I lived off of Hollywood Boulevard. There were street people. There were junkies. There was it was it was the ghetto part of Hollywood. <laughs> so I was in I was in Hollywood on uh, like Hollywood Boulevard and Vine. There was a woman being photographed. And she just exuded so much light. It was amazing. And I remember walking past her going like, oh, my gosh, she's so amazing. She had blonde hair. She was doing a split on the sidewalk. And there was a photographer shooting a picture of her. So next thing I know, I'm just walking along, minding my business. And I look up and I swear this was like a movie to me. I looked up and she was walking right next to me. So it was so weird. It was like I just saw her being photographed. How is she walking right next to me? Like, it was really weird. So I looked at her and I said, oh, my God, I just saw you being photographed. And she had an English accent. And she was like, oh, darling, I was just walking along. And some young gentleman wanted to photograph me. So I figured, what the heck? I do a split. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. She was fabulous. And we started chit-chatting. So, okay, I'm 50. I'm looking at her saying, Mm, she's about my age, maybe a little older, maybe a little younger. I couldn't really place her age. So we were chit-chatting. And I said, how old are you? Because she was, you know, I really wanted to know. She said, darling, don't tell anyone. I'm 74. I stopped. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) I stopped, like, in the street, like, in the sidewalk. I said, what? What? I touched her. I said, what? Yeah, what's your secret? What's your secret? That's what I said. I said, oh, my God. She said, I started doing yoga in my 40s. That's my secret to life. She said, darling, go take a yoga class. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. I started calculating. I said, oh, my God. She started in her 40s. I'm in her 50s. I got to get started right away. (laughs) (laughs) Got to catch up. Her name was Magda. When she told me her name, I almost cried because Magda and Makita are derivatives of the same root. So it's almost like we have the same name. So on this whole metaphysical level, I felt like she was this angel and she had come to me to give me this message. And I really started crying because it was like so weird. And I was like boo-hooing on the the, the corner of like Hollywood and Vine saying... (laughs) No, you don't know me, but I feel like you're here to give me a message. I know for a it reason. sounds like the most divine like it meeting. So yeah. And she gave me a hug and she said, Do you know what your name means? And I said, Well, I know it has a lot of meanings. And she said, Darling, it means immortal. It means eternal life. We never age. And I girl, I just start booing more. So we exchanged numbers. She and I are still friends to this day. She lives in England. She's 80 years old. She sent me a picture of her. She is still doing splits. She is so fabulous. I talked to her a month or so ago, and she said, one thing I want you to remember, Makada, she says, if they lie to us, we never get old. We never get old. And I said, I'm going to hold that in my heart. Yeah. So that was like, that just instilled 
so fabulous. So anyway, I went to take a, found a yoga class, took the yoga class. Oh my gosh, I was sweating after that yoga class, but I was like, I can't do this forever. This is, this is too much. I was like, I got to find something else to do. Yoga is not going to get it for like an hour and a half. So scrolling through, I think Groupon Living Social mm-hmm. saw the coupon for a pole, three pole dance classes. And when I saw the pole dance, you know, Groupon, a living social thing, I thought about San Diego. San Diego is like made this connection. It's like I saw it and I was like, San Diego. I was like, well, it's only 25, 30 bucks. I know I don't have a lot of money, but if I go take one class and I don't like it, I won't feel like I wasted money, right? So bought the living social, still took a few months before I actually went in and take the class. I still had to get up the nerve to like, go do this. Once I went to do it, took that first class, I was I was hooked. It was like I compared it to crack cocaine or like drugs. <laughs> It's like that or one yoga hit. for some people. <laughs> for yoga for some people. But I went to that one class. It changed my life. I was hooked. And I think the reason I was really hooked was because inside, okay, this gets a little metaphysical too. Go for it. We to love me, it. the studios are like temples for women ancient temples where we can just go for healing so when I walked into the dance studio because I'm not a dancer I had never been a dancer had never really done you know the whole dance studio thing when I walked into the studio it just felt like like this real sense of like wow calm and healing that was the first thing and then taking the class my brain was so engaged and focused I didn't think about anything else for that hour 15 minutes I was in class nothing else in the world everything it's so weird it's everything like meditative was to you it was very meditative yes present. Yeah. yes everything just disappeared and all I could think about was trying to keep up with the teacher focus on what she was doing mimic her mimic what she was doing it was like it was amazing so I was hooked Wow. I started my And that started was five my, years ago now. That was almost six years ago. Yes, that was like 2011. Yeah. Okay. So like, I'm assuming that, well, I know that things have then since get gotten better for you, which yes. is great. Um, so how did you um, find yourself then? Because you have your blog, Flying Over 50. When did you start kind of recording your journey? Um. I started, okay, I posted my first poll picture and video to Facebook after I had been polling for a year. Okay. So I didn't do any social media until like a year. And and when I did it, it was um, of me doing an invert because it took me a year to learn how to do it. You know what, people, it took me like nine months and, you know, exactly. I started in my young 30s, so I have no excuse, but it's just harder no. for some of us, you know? Oh my, I was so ecstatic that I could hang upside down it's on a pole. It's a like feat. what? Mm-hmm. It's a feat. It's like a it's like what? <laughs> so I posted my first picture on Facebook and that just sent tremors <laughs> around my beingness. People lost their minds. <laughs> Because maybe a lot of your family are like girlfriends no, or... No, I, I, I hadn't told anyone really I was taking polls. So it was like... And then to me, the picture I had on like regular clothes. I didn't have any heels. It was very athletic. People still lost their minds. Something about a pole just drives people crazy. I know. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I just heard this quote just on another podcast I was listening to before recording this podcast that was people who are easily offended need to be offended more. And I feel yeah. like if you're offended by a poll, like you need to go see the world. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is so true. This yeah. is so true. That was and a Mae West quote, I think, by and, the way. Oh, I love Mae West. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and it's up to us to continue to shake people and wake people up. So yeah, it's, it's what we're here to do. So you said, I'm going to, you know what? I need to make these people woke. Like I'm going to start. Well, getting- I was just so excited that, at 50 that I could hang upside down on the pole. I was like, I've got to share this. This is like amazing. Like I can't work this hard and just keep all this 
joy and wonderfulness to myself. Yeah. I've got to, I've got to brag. I've got to share. I got to be like, you know, like a kid. Oh my God, look what I can do. And so once I did that, it was just like, I just had to go for it. Like, you know, like I guess probably before I posted it for days before I posted, I was like, should I post it? Maybe I shouldn't, you know, I played around with it. And then once I did it, it was done. I couldn't take it back. So it was like, okay, it's out there now. Then I just kept posting and posting and posting and it just grew and grew and grew. And it grew and grew and grew. (laughs) And those who have been following your story knows that it wasn't always positive feedback, which is inevitably going to happen. Yes. I guess. Put yourself out there. It's it's so interesting because, well, when I first started posting across social media, across Facebook, um, first it was very tame, just tricks that I was learning with no shoes and blah, blah. But then, you know, you kind of get more into it. and you get you, comfortable. I don't know. You get comfortable. You don't care. I started wearing shoes. I started wearing skimpier clothes. I started dancing. I started putting music behind it. Like this whole artist in me like took over and it became more and more artistic and it just evolved. And so I'm posting on social media and I'm not really thinking anything about it. But the first tremor I heard was one of my girlfriends, but two people told me who were like, in, the, in my sphere of people, one girlfriend told me that there was a rumor going around that I was having a midlife crisis and a nervous breakdown because <laughs> it was rumored that I had lost my house and lost, you know, lost everything. And I was really like, I was having a breakdown. That's why I was pole dancing. That was the first rumor I heard. I was like, whatever, like, This child. is getting me out of my breakdown, actually. <laughs> yes, so. I was like, this is getting me mm-hmm. out of my breakdown. I was like, whatever. The other, other, uh, I have a girlfriend. She said she was at a, and at like a kind of Hollywood event. And she said, she called me up. She said, girl, I was sitting there on the couch, minding my own business. There were some guys over across the other room. And lo and behold, I'm just eavesdropping. And one of them says, you know, Makita. Another one says, I know Makita. And they said, have you seen her on social media lately? She said, girl, they pulled out the phone and started pulling up no. your phone. Six. <laughs> She said that she wanted to holler, but she just played it off. <laughs> she said that she, she said that they weren't saying anything bad, but they were like, you know, scrolling through it and making like little comments, like woo woo woo. And she said she just wanted to be like, "That's my girlfriend," but she said she didn't say anything. And I was like, "Oh my god, I had no idea that, wow. you know, you don't really think about social media. You never know." I was like, "Oh, so that's when it kind of hit me that like." Social media really is far reaching. And you're catching it, people's attention. And you're catching people's attention, yes. So those were like my two little early wake up calls. But <laughs> when I went viral, the negative part you're referring to, that didn't happen until last year. So that was like my fifth year of polling. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I'm all comfortable in my fifth year of polling. I'm not expecting anything to happen. I'm just like whatever like people know I'm a publicist people know I poll people have gotten over whatever you know about it and most people know me so they know they can't bring anything to my face because I'm a gangster from Chicago (laughs) (laughs) then they say Chicago Makita most most people know that there is a Chicago (laughs) Makita so so when I went viral it was really shocking to me because of course it was people I didn't know But there was a video I posted, and I really didn't think anything about it. When I look at the video, I can tell I was very tired in the video. But I posted this little dance vignette because I recorded it after literally taking three hours of classes. I was so exhausted. But in that week, it was a week last year when two or three people had gotten killed by the police and then the police had got killed in retaliation and the energy was just so heavy. Mm-hmm. And I know you're an empath. I'm an empath. So that's an empath. Things affect us like on so many different levels. And I was just feeling really heavy and I had to dance this heaviness off of me. And then I wanted to share my dance of this heaviness and lifting it off of me. So when I posted the video, to me, it just looked like all my regular videos. I didn't even think about it. That video went viral and somebody tagged in and said, who is this granny or come get your granny or 
I don't even know. They tagged it with the granny thing. And in my mind, I'm like, wait a minute. I ain't never told nobody I got grandbabies. (laughs) (laughs) Which you do. Which I do. But I was like, how do they know I'm a granny? I'm like, do I look that bad dancing? What are they trying to say? It's like, it really threw me for a loop. Oh, they called me a granny stripper. Uh, they said, come get this granny stripper or something. Anyway, that video and that tag, granny stripper, it went like, it went amazingly viral. It just, just it didn't just go viral across social media. It went viral, like entertainment, and like bloggers picked and it up. And- like it went crazy. It even like porn sites picked it up. Okay. Exactly. Uh, wow. Exactly. It was, it went like around the world and back and you're a publicist so and you know work in public relations you understand like the implications of this and like the- yes and and as a publicist this is what i had to do okay when it first came to my attention like people were inboxing me on media saying i don't know if you've seen this i just really tried to ignore it because i went to the first place i saw and i saw the comments and they were like Oh, look at this granny. Oh, she must be on welfare. Oh, look at her trying to strip. Oh, let me throw her some dollars. It was really derogatory stuff. And I did like this. (gasps) And then I said, okay, I can't read any more comments because I tell my clients when stuff happens to them, don't read the comments. The comments will drive you crazy. So I didn't read the comments. I said, I'm going to ignore this. But people kept inboxing me and letting me know that this was out there. And I kept trying to ignore it, and I would meditate and pray on it. And then I said, you know what? The universe is not making this go away. Every time I think it's died down, literally two weeks ago passed, it'll pop up in another publication. Mm-hmm. So it was it was not going away. So I said, the universe wants me to address this. There's a reason I have to address this. I can't ignore it. It's not going away. It doesn't matter if I don't read the comments. Other people are reading the comments. So I took a deep breath. I said, okay, here we go. <laughs> So I can't remember which one it was. The one that drove me crazy. The headline that drove me crazy. It says something about, oh, I can't remember the headline, but it was something about welfare and granny. The words welfare and granny. Oh, and the publication, the the magazine was Ratchet Thursdays or something. (laughs) It was something so crazy. A highly esteemed publication. highly esteemed publication. Yes, exactly. So I went on Facebook and I said, obviously, y'all don't know who I am. (laughs) And I tagged the Ratchet publication. I said, if anything, I am not Ratchet. I am not your granny. And I don't try to strip because I can't keep up with my stripper friends because those are the baddest, you know, bees I know. I don't even (laughs) get that lane. And I just went off on social media. I tagged every, every. All the people who I know who had clowned me, like media wise, I tagged them all and I spent a whole day just cussing everybody out. (laughs) Cussing. (laughs) I don't cuss on social media. I try to stop cussing. I was like, y'all trying to take me back to Chicago. Y'all don't know who I am. I'm not with this anymore. (laughs) And I started cussing people out. (laughs) Then I started tagging, um, I tagged like, uh, no more body shaming. Uh, fuck ageism, fuck sexism. I just started going off. <sighs> Folks were inboxing. Like it was like a release. Like oh. it was like a release. Folks was inboxing me. Like Makita, are you okay? <laughs> my partner, um, with my PR agency, was like, "Girl, you should breathe." <laughs> she said, "You should breathe because they are taking you back to the old Makita who I haven't seen in a while." And I was just like, I am sick of these folks. They cannot shame me anymore. I'm, I'm going to. Oh, this is what happened. The woman from. Oh, I can't think of her name. From Ghostbusters. The black woman in Ghostbusters was being shamed around the same time. Yes. The tall black comedian. I don't know her name. But I yes. can't think of her name right now because my brain I is gone. I remember that going on of people. I, and, and it was a quote. I, I remember reading an interview and she said, we have to be louder than the haters. Oh. And I said, she's right. Because most of the time the haters come and we just kind of, you know, they make us feel so bad we don't do anything. So I started tagging her, too. I said, I'm going to be louder than the haters. And then I told everybody, I'm about to wear higher heels, less clothes. And y'all wanted to call me a stripper. And I wasn't even trying to strip. I'm going to show y'all. 
<laughs> yeah, because it's not like, you know, there's a difference between reacting with just like spewing exactly. words that don't mean anything and then reacting louder in a sense like I'm going to be bigger than this. And bigger I'm, this. oh, I'm going to show you. So I said, I'm yeah. going to show you. And I went on this mission and I started tagging, take, I, I, I went to the studio, recorded stuff, went through my archives and I just started posting all my best stuff and I started tagging you know, no more sexism, no more ageism, you know, fuck ageism, fuck sexism, blah, blah, blah. Um, one of my posts I put up, it was me hanging from the pole or something. I can't remember, but on it, on it I put, and I tagged everybody, this is me on the pole hanging at least seven feet in the air with one arm holding my body weight in nine inch heels. So if, if you want to uh, shame me for this, mm-hmm. you know, meet me on top of the pole, blah, yes, blah, blah. I'll see you if, up here. I'll yeah. see you up here. There was another, <laughs> another tag I put. I said, um, I would tell y'all just to kiss my ass, but I'm nine feet up in the air <laughs> and you can't reach my <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's clever. I like that one. <laughs> so I just started I just started tagging away and going crazy and hashtagging. Sounds and like you were I, having fun with it too. And, and I started having fun with it. Yeah, because and it got all that energy off me, all that because they were I'm that's an empath hurt. feeling all that negative energy. So I just had to whoosh, yeah. whoosh, whoosh and get it off of me. But what happened was women started inboxing me and thanking me, which I never expected. They were like, we're so glad you didn't disappear. Oh, my God. If that was me, I just would have took down all my social media. But you didn't. Thank you for standing up for us. And it just snowballed into what I never expected it to snowball into. And then one of my media people contacted me and wanted to do an interview with me because she has saw everything that was going on. And she did an interview. The interview ran a few months later and her interview went like crazy viral. So then it was this whole spew of stuff going viral again, but it was all positive this time. So we turned it around. So I guess the universe didn't let me sleep on it and ignore it because I had to get out there and be positive and be a role model and shine my light. You know, had to shine the light. Sometimes it's hard shining light, girl. We just want to go to bed. I know. I know. It's like, you know, I have never had this experience. So, you know, I can't say how I would react. But I would hope that it's like, okay, this situation has already happened. You know, how I react is going to create how I feel about it in the future. So, like, you kind of control it from there. So, it's like, how can you control it? How can you control it? And it was, it really, for like several weeks, I really just went to bed. Like, I couldn't do anything. Like, I had to do that. Yeah, I had to digest it. I was just like, I would go to sleep at night and be like, like, there was this one site and they had over 300,000 views and over 5,000 comments. Like, that was weighing on me energetically. Like, there's some stuff you can't ignore. And then I was like, I have clients who go through this and I counsel them, but now I understand what they're going through. Probably made you, know? you better at your you know, professional I guess life, too. So. I guess so. Probably so in the long run. Everything is a lesson, so I got over it, but it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm so happy that you responded as you did and kind of, you know... Turn turn lemons into lemonade. Shake those haters. Shake those haters. Those haters are trying to come for me. Yeah, because then you ended up getting featured in like prevention. Yes, it all turned around. It turned into a huge positive. I've gotten so much press. Um, I've been in People Magazine, the South African version. I think there's a London publication. I haven't seen it yet, but supposedly they ran an article on me last week. So it really, the positive spin on it has really gone international. So I had to go on social media and I had to be like, thank you, haters. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And like you were able to reach so many people, inspired so many people. And and inspired so many people. And the people that left those nasty comments have forgotten about that. You know, and, last yeah. year, like, a, you know, a, a minute after they write it, they're on to exactly. hate and something else. They're but the people that, else. Yeah, the people that you did positive impact, like, they're still remembering that. They're so. still remembering. People still post on the social media and say, I remember when the haters came for you, and I'm so happy to see that you didn't let it stop <laughs> you, and we love you, and I follow you, and you're an inspiration, and all that just warms my heart. 
Yeah, because you, I um, see you integrating pull as like a spiritual practice. So it's I'm, so spiritual for me. It really is. Yeah. Do you want to just tell us a little um, bit about that or how you think you can connect? Because I love how you made the connection between the pull studio and the goddess temple. And I, <coughs> I feel that way as well. And I've had conversations similar to that before. So like how can people yeah. use pole as like, you know, as part of a spiritual practice and for me is so spiritual. Okay. I think like one of my past lives, I was a dancer. I used to always think that, but I've never professionally danced. Okay. Now that I'm polling that entity in me that used to dance before she is alive in me now. The temple is really a healing agency for women. If more women would go to dance studios, like women give so much. We give so much. We raise kids. We nurture men. We run the household. We go to work. We're constantly giving, 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 putting out. We don't nurture ourselves. The dance studio, I think, I can't say the gym may be so, but the dance studio is more intimate and it's more usually like there's some dance studios that are now co-ed, but usually dance studios are more women. So it's more female energy. And it's fe- it's feminine energy as opposed to even, if, femi- the males yeah, even if the men are there, you're right. It's Thank you. It's, it's, it's feminine energy. Yeah. And so for me, the dance studio is the, is is the temple. It's like back in the day, we goddesses used to have temples where we would go and nurture each other. That's what the dance studio in it is. It holds feminine energy. The pole anchors that feminine energy. It is, um, it becomes, it becomes our wand, our broom, the earth axis, what we can hold on to while we're, while the world is spinning around in madness. Is oh my gosh, I, I'm at a loss for words. It's, it's so much. Uh, <laughs> that was amazing. So <laughs> I feel like wow, my, I, 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 I feel like my words are, are tumbling over each other. But movement, whether it's on the pole, on the floor, on the wall, in the air, movement awakens the goddess within us. So that's why, like, I really say movement matters and it's important for women to move. Um, In my classes, I usually start my classes and ask women, when was the last time you just shook your hips? Just shook your hips. Because think about when we were little girls, we used to stand, you know, in front of our houses and play the little games and shake our little hips. Like, that's what we did. That's where women store their energy um, in their hips. Our our energy and our power and our feminine center. And then we get older and our hips get stiffer and we don't move them anymore. They say, like, men store their stress in their, I think, their back and their shoulders and women in their hips. So we have to move them. We have to move our hips. That's That's our kundalini. That's our root chakra that's our birth canal that's where our sex organs are everything is right there you got to move the hips you got to keep the energy flowing so movement dance whether it's pole or whatever it keeps you moving it keeps that energy flowing it keeps that chi moving throughout your whole body and so many women especially older women we don't move our hips anymore we don't move we get stagnant we start feeling like they tell us that we're old they tell us what we're not supposed to do anymore they tell us we're not attractive they tell us girl all the drama they tell us it's all just lies so another reason you gotta shake your hips because you gotta shake all that off of you Yes, because they can't sell something to you if you feel good about yourself. You know? Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Yes. Yes. And yes. I love how you present it as a spiritual practice and how you always have all of these insights <laughs> on, on that. And um, I feel like you, it, it spills over into your life as well. So well, I'm hoping that your life, you know, when you had that dark night of the soul before, hopefully God. all of this energy that you've gotten from your pole temple has brought you back up to it. It has. Place. It has. I can't say that I have the money I had before. I have the housing around me that I had before. I can't say that I have maybe all the physical trappings I had before, but I am the happiest, the healthiest, the more spiritually grounded and the most focused I've ever been. And I feel like a teenager. Pole dancing, 
when I was going through that, I had literally lost my mojo. Out of everything I lost when that man walked out on me, that's when it zapped. It, I like I didn't feel like a worthy woman anymore. Oh, I stopped eating. I stopped. I stopped dressing up. I just, you know, you yeah, know how we do. We just, we just stop. Before you were putting, okay, all your feminine focus for yourself was focused on your man. Where we pulled now, it was just for yourself. So it's like. So once once I started pole dancing, going to class, having an opportunity to dress up, wear shoes, move around the pole, feel sexy, girl, I got my mojo back, and you're right. <laughs> you didn't need the man because, like you said, like I said, we what you just said, we put the feminine energy somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But when you start focusing that feminine feminine energy on yourself, then you realize that you don't need everything you thought you need. When you're nurturing yourself, you get nurtured. Like I'm not gonna leave myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's hard to do again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so, love. Pole gave me all that. Pole just pole saved my life between pole and my meditation practice. But I feel like my meditation practice is what led me to Magda, which led me to pole, and pole saved my life. What is your meditation practice? I practice sound therapy meditation. I've been practicing for like 10 years. I have an iPod full of the most glorious sound meditations from probably around the globe. I, I, I collect them and I sit every morning and every evening with headsets on and I sit still and I let that sound dance all through my body and enliven my cells and my beingness. I've been doing that for 10 years. Wow. Can and, you share one with us that I could put in the show notes for people? Oh, I would love to. I was going to say, I'm going to send you one. I'm going to send yeah. one to you and then I'll share one. The thing lovely. about um, when I first tried meditation 10 years ago, sitting still, it didn't work for me because my brain oh, would go. Right? <laughs> like, it just. I got to do this. I got to do this. Oh, crap. Meditation. About this. Yeah, they say sit still for 10 minutes, and that 10 minutes, every <laughs> freaking 100,000 thoughts roll through my head. With sound therapy meditation, the frequency and the music and the tones take your brain waves and scientifically slow them down. So, like the first few minutes, you may think about a lot of stuff, but then that music takes over and those sounds, and your brain literally slows down. So you don't think like it's amazing. You don't think about anything. And then the messages and the music just kind of woosah through your body. And it's a whole total body being mind sound magical phenomenon. You totally relaxed. Yeah. Yes. You felt you've definitely found ways to ground yourself. And, and I, yeah, and I had to ground myself because aside from, you know, um, aside from just regular life, I work in the entertainment business, which is like, it's probably not the, it's my, I won't say it's the wackiest, but for me, it's the wackiest world. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the wackiest world. And, and I have, and I'm an empath. So I have clients and I'm, I always, I can feel people's energy. So it's just a lot. So I have to take time and just like close everything off, go into my bubble and just just do self-healing so then I can come back and deal with everybody else. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put a link to the to one that you send in the notes so people can try it out. Yes, and I'm going to send you one oh. just for you. Oh, I can't wait. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> I got to I got to feel what it is you need. I may have to send you some questions and I'm going to send you something magical. Yes, please. Yes, Thank you I so will. much. I, will. I love sending people meditations. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And so do you have advice for women out there who are maybe interested in trying pole dance, but who are a little older and think? Oh, my gosh. Yes. Um, Okay. I teach I teach movement classes, the flying over 50 dance. What is that? And it's targeted toward older, older women. I say women over 40, but all women are welcome. Okay. But the thing what I found. Okay, in the in the dance community, the pole community, we are really different creatures. <laughs> yeah, yes. And we sometimes really... I forget that in the real world. No, I was going to say that. <laughs> I was going to say that. We are really different creatures, and we forget that in the real world, mm. like in or in the other world. So what I've had to come to terms with is that most women older in my age 
are intimidated by heels, high heels. Okay. They're intimidated by poles. They're intimidated by sexy dance dancewear. Yes. They like it's, it's, me showing them talking is not going to break it. They're like, no, not doing it. You look good, girl. Go ahead. <laughs> More power to you, but not me. Yeah. So what I realized is that I had to come up with something. Like I said, movement matters. I had to get something to get to 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 bring older women together and get them comfortable with moving. So. My class is floor work and it's sexy floor work, but it's slow. It's not intimidating. It's kind of yoga inspired and it's easy floor work. And what I'm finding, and I have women in my classes as young as 40 and as old as 70. Nice. And my 70 year old student is such a hot mama. She's going to be my star <laughs> student. I'm going to break her out on the internet. I can't wait. <laughs> What they're finding, what I'm finding is that if I can just get them to at least one class, they get hooked. And if we do slow, sexy movement, things that you and I take for granted, like leg waves or hip rolls, stuff like that's that's like floor work 101 for us. This leg wave, doing two or three of those will exhaust the average woman. When we do a leg wave in class and we sit back and do the leg waves and we do like three... Then women sit up and be like, Makita, you trying to kill me. <laughs> like, I'm trying to break you three. Break you yeah, three, yeah. Exactly. And I'm like, no, no, no. So then I have to go, okay, we have to wait, relax, and we're going to do a few more. Yeah. You really have to take non-dancers, older women who are non-dancers, you have to take them slower. Like the average pole forward class in the studio will wipe them out and they will never come back. That's a that's a good advice to studio owners. Like you know, I was and, and studio owners don't. Most studio owners are are younger, yeah. and studio owners don't realize that. And what I realized, having been in class with younger women for five years, I know I'm a I'm a I am of a different breed. I'm a gangster goddess because <laughs> the average person there. So many times I didn't want to go back to class, and I made myself go back to class. It wasn't just the physicality of class as an older woman. It was the mental drama I went through. For an older woman to be in class around about 20 and 30-year-olds who can catch the dance moves quicker, who can do the dance moves quicker, I'm sitting next to you and we're doing leg waves. And by the second one, I want to lay down because y'all are on number six. (laughs) Only because of my brain and, 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 and the way I've trained my brain, I'm going to make myself like, no, I'm going to keep up. No, I'm going to come back to class. No, I'm going to do this. The average woman is like, oh, I'm not doing that no more. <laughs> yeah. So some advice so would be real. like, so find. The advice is to find. Well, I, 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 I wouldn't even tell. I wouldn't even tell, I wouldn't even, yeah, take my class, but I wouldn't even <laughs> tell the women to, to necessarily take a pole class first. Oh, I have another, another oh, anecdote about that. True. I would tell them to take a movement class, to take a, a pole, a, a floor, a floor work class or something slow to ease them into moving. When I was in New York, I have a, another goddess sister. I'm 56. I think she's 57 or 58. I sent her to a pole studio to an introductory pole class. In New York City, I'm sure it's like. Oh my gosh. Get your because, <laughs> yes. Who knew that? I didn't know that. I didn't know that's what I was doing to her. When I took an introductory pole class, it was an introductory pole class. Detail, yeah. It was like walk around the pole, you know. Move your hips, walk around the pole. It was easy stuff. Learn the fireman. The fireman took me three months to learn, but it's okay. Learn the fireman. It was an introductory pole class. In her introductory pole class, they climbed the pole. They did inverse. They did everything but walk around the damn pole. And do it and do. She came to me. We... We met for coffee, uh, no, for smoothies after the class. And I was so excited. Like, how do you like the class? Because she's been watching me. She wants to do it. She's like, Makita, I applaud you because I'm never going back 
to, to poll again. She said, it's just not for me. And I was just like, poll is for everybody. What are you talking about? And she told me what happened in the class. And I said, oh, my God, that's not supposed to be an introductory poll class. I said, when I took poll five years ago, maybe introductory classes were different from what they're mm-hmm. there now because everything changes. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I told her, don't go take another class. Go take an, go take an exotic dance class. Yeah. 101 and I just like that, and just learn how to move your body and flow on the floor and get sexy with yourself and then you know do six months of exotic dance and then you'll probably be ready to do a poll I said so I apologized to her I said I, I didn't realize you know what the introductory poll class is now and you're already intimidated going in there and then I said how did oh, I was so done yeah. so now that made me realize that Older women are really a special breed and a special market, and we need extra love and extra care that most people just really don't understand. Like, until you hit your 50s, maybe your I don't even think in your 40s, because I didn't understand the stuff that I understand now in my 50s that I did in my 40s. But until you get here, you really don't know. And I've tried to tell teachers that, like younger teachers, and they really, they don't, they don't get it. And I'm not mad that they don't get it. It's yeah. like something you can't get until you're there. But I'm here and I get it. So that's why I offer the Flying Over 50 classes because I can relate to the women that come to my class and we do two leg waves and they'd be like, woo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they'd be like, woo. Or, or, or I'm doing something simple like like a like a wall pivot. You talk, and, and they're just like, their brains are just, they just don't get it. And I have to come and stand next to them and be like, breathe, relax. Okay, don't think for a minute. Just mimic me and don't think. You know, stop thinking about what I'm telling you and just do it. And then they do it and then they relax. And there's this whole over their face like, oh. And I say, remember when you were young and you used to do this move? And they go, oh, it's a, it's a whole, this girl is a whole nother world for us old chicks. Okay. <laughs> Wow, it's an amazing world and that you're, you know, there to help walk people through I, it. I am here to help my older sisters, I understand. And I have to say, like, this isn't just uh, isolated to older women, um, because I have friends who are, you know, in their mid-30s, late-30s, and I've talked to women who are in their 20s and they would never take a pole class because they cannot, it's not it's even a, a physical thing. thing. It's like, oh, it's I can't be that sexy yeah. or I can't be Oh, yeah, exactly. exactly. So it's, kind, it's maybe less of the strength and more of like, I can't be sexy or sensual like that. I Like if I say like, can you touch your boob right now? Okay, if you can't touch your boob right now, like, you need to take some sensual dance classes. (laughs) Yeah, the sensual dance classes are so so important. Amazing advice. It's it's like, even in my class, when we um, lay on the floor and, and, and do the, you know, just the simple laying across the floor like that, and I tell the women, okay, take your fingertips and rub them across your legs. That is mind blowing to them. Yeah, it freaks people out. We've we've become disconnected from our bodies. So disconnected. And then I take it a step further. I say, okay, so this time take your hands and rub them over your behinds. And they go, (gasps) (laughs) because we're so disconnected from our bodies. So we got to take baby steps, but baby steps get us there because now I got my 70 year old wearing heels in class. Yeah, we just have to have, um, you know, a more um, open entry, more accessible, yes. you know, lower yes. level entry into to what yes. we do. And and, and <laughs> we talk about the podcast all the time. If that's not what your thing is, that's what your thing is. And if taking a level one means you want to start flipping, that's awesome. But there should be alternatives. And I'm going to plug yes. Poetic Justice in the Bronx as that you should send your friend to Poetic Justice. Oh, thank you. I will. Mary I will. Marie has a very inclusive program going on I'm going to definitely tell her. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to text her and tell her. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's our responsibility as a pole it community. Is. If we want to keep it an inclusive thing to have this discussion, to be able to, to, 
to get out there that we need different levels of entry and we need to consider. We really do. Yeah. We really do. And I, and I have to say it again, we are not a, we, like, I think sometimes we're so inclusive that we forget we really aren't normal. We aren't the norm. We aren't, <laughs> we aren't regular women. We are like a different kind of goddess. Yeah. Any woman that can climb a pole and then climb a pole in heels and then flip on a pole, that's, that's not your that's really crazy. And then we get we get so like we, we keep people around us who do the same thing so we think that's the norm. It is not the norm. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's how you get to that from that comfort level of like I'll post a one picture on Instagram. So I'm just gonna post everything because you're just surrounded yeah, because by those just, people. Yeah, by those people. And then you get your wake up call and be like, Ooh, baby, you are not the norm. <laughs> not everyone is as empowered and open minded as us. And it's a shame, but not we're working on it. <laughs> but we're working on it exactly. Yeah, which brings me to my next thought, which is because you're a publicist, uh, we uh, talk about this a lot, how, you know, one way that we can help make this the norm more, this open-mindedness, this um, uh, more acceptance of the poll community is by just getting ourselves out there to not just for people to see, but for people to try to it not be like this stigma of like, ah, the poll. So as a publicist, do you have advice for the community as a whole of how we can get like positive exposure and maybe even sponsorships eventually for our Yes, I do. Um, What I used when I first started, okay, this is going into my sixth year. What I noticed when I started becoming active on social media and I would see other people on social, other poll people on social media, their settings are usually set to either what friends, private, Mm -hmm. they're very, I don't know, maybe, maybe more so now, but what I noticed is when y'all see other poll peers, Rarely are their postings set to public. Yeah, because we don't want to deal with what you tell. I know, but <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it's a catch twenty two because if you're only publicizing your feats within your circle, then how are you going to get broader attention for what you're doing? I.e., media exposure sponsors outside of what you like just how like if like if I'm only saying oh I learned how to do this flip and I'm only telling the people who are already flipping around me yeah so <laughs> and, assuming you know, that some people have jobs where they can't but now I job. do I do understand yeah. the people that some people do have jobs but not all of y'all got jobs y'all worried about <laughs> so. especially so the pole stars that makes sense for sure if you're trying to become a you know, so, that's yeah, your so career. Okay. I understand that there are some people who have jobs and they, they really can and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But for the people who don't and for the people who are who who are looking to go further with this, yeah. you've got you've got to go public. I mean, I know I'm, I'm a publicist saying this, but yeah. you have to. If I had stayed quiet within within in terms of what I'm doing. Okay. I'm an entertainment publicist. I have clients. I'm sure. Have I lost some business? Maybe I have one person tell me, Oh, I know somebody who wants to hire you, but they went to your personal page and saw you on a poll. And so they feel like maybe you're not the best person to do their PR. And I just said, well, I wouldn't want to do their PR anyway. if, If they think I can't climb a poll and write a press release, I don't want clients like that. What? Yeah. Exactly. So there's there there's of course there's some sacrificing, but you how are you gonna get bigger until you get bigger? You so, know what I'm saying? So I'm not so, saying insular. Like that's what I'm taking. You, yeah, from you this, can't yeah, you can't say we insular. can't say you, you, like did you target specific publications when you were when they wrote the stories? Like did you send oh, them press releases or they this, literally this everyone is, reached out to you? This is what happened. Once I went when I went viral on, on the negative tip, mm-hmm. because I'm because I'm a publicist yeah. and I've been open with myself, one of my media contacts, she she's a freelance writer, she contacted me and did an interview with me. She did the interview with me and it didn't run for like four or five months. When it ran, it went crazy viral and other media 
people picked up the story and then people started calling me for interviews and it all just kind of piggybacked. I didn't send out a press release until um, Prevention Magazine came out. And Prevention Magazine is so huge. They did like a six-page spread on me. That's like just as, as a publicist, that's phenomenal. Yes. <laughs> so yes. I had to, I, so I sent out a press release and I publicized the prevention article and, and the, the writer who wrote about me, wrote about me in a, in a, in a publication called XO, XO Nicole. Okay. So I, I did a press release that talked about her article and the article in prevention. And I sent that out and I sent it out to just all the media in my database. And that kind of garnered me more media attention. What my once, I don't know, there was a writer who contacted me. She's an international writer. And I, I don't think she got my press release. I think she saw me on social media and she contacted me. She did the story on me that ran in South Africa and that ran in London. So I didn't really orchestrate this. I just really just allowed it to happen by opening myself up to the possibilities. So in short, I say the people who are using their social media to post all their phenomenal polling aerial feats, You've got to set some of those posts to public so that people know what you're doing, so that people can appreciate you, so that you can shine and spread your light. And really, what what got you the attention also, because more advice I'm taking from this, (laughs) is that you need to connect with people outside of our industry. And so that's kind of like the underlying message is like... That's how you go public, yeah. Yeah, with prevention, like they're like, what's pole dance? So it's kind of like catching the attention of people outside of our industry. Exactly, exactly. That's how you can... And and that's how we spread the word about pole and aerial arts and that's how we make it more global and that's how we make it more accepting. If we just keep it in our inner circle, then it's always going to be something that's looked upon because people don't know it. They don't understand it. They're curious about it. They have, they have misconceptions about it. If we don't change those misconceptions, how are those misconceptions going to be changed in my circle of people in the entertainment business? Uh, so many people tell me they look at pole dancing as an art. Now they never, ever, ever thought about polling as an art. They just equated it with, with strippers. Yeah. I love strippers. I ain't got nothing against strippers. I learned how to dance from strippers. So yeah. Yeah, artists in my book, but I'm saying to to people outside of our circle, they're like, oh, I I never would have thought about a pole as art. And I've had people I've had people say to me, now when I look at strippers, I see what they're doing as art. Now I can appreciate it on a whole nother level. But if I had never exposed my art outside of the pole community, I wouldn't have changed all these people's minds. True. So I changed some of those social media the public and stop being private with your stuff (laughs) (laughs) it's so scary but you know if we can we'll try (laughs) it's scary but it's no scarier than learning how to invert learning how to climb a nine-foot pole learning how to swing around a pole with one hand everything we do is scary and you eventually did end up doing a public performance at Cheetah's Amateur Night, yeah. which is like oh a bikini God. dance bar. Like, it, that's in Hollywood. Uh, am- the pole, um, amateur, oh, God, my brain. The amateur pole art night. That was my breakthrough. Oh, af- after I did that, you couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> I was yeah, done. for those who know what it is, it's like a sh- Cheetah's is kind of like a bikini stripper bar, yeah. but um, clothed yeah. in Hollywood. And so, and there's two poles on stage and they have an amateur night, like once a month where Amanda like, hosts, I don't think she still does it, but Amanda hosts, hosts the amateur night, the pole, yeah. pole arts amateur night. I'm probably saying it wrong. Forgive me. I think it's just amateur it pole night, yeah. but. Am- amateur pole night yeah i mean this is an idea something people can start in their own towns if you can yeah and i think i think she was trying to take it around to different cities too i don't know what she's working on but i've done it twice i did it for my birthday when i turned 55 and i think i did it when i was 54 54 or 53 but my first performance can i just tell you that i didn't sleep for weeks i was a nervous wreck I was just like, I had never performed, never, ever performed publicly. So I was like, why did I agree to do this? Like, I must be crazy. It was just, it was, it was, you know how they say you have to face your worst fear and then you're fine. That was my worst fear performing publicly. And once I faced my fear and I conquered it, now I'm just a whole on stage. (laughs) Wow. I'm 
right behind you. I've never performed. I'm performing next month and I'm already like, or like it's like in two months or something, but I'm like, you are? Yeah. And so it's so great it, for you to hear. And I'm sure there's so many people listening that are like, oh, I don't want to. to let me so tell scared. you. It, but I'm not performing it, on stage with people throwing money at me. That's even more scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured if I was going to perform. You did it. The, the them throwing the money that was gonna be my motivation. But let me just tell you, it's like conquering your worst fear, and once you do it, literally, you are going to be free. You're gonna be free on a oh, on a whole nother beautiful, wonderful spiritual, metaphysical level. You're just gonna be free. Facing your fears. Oh well, that's that was so motivational for me specifically but I know so many people listening who kind of have that fear of free I was so scared I meditated I prayed I sought counsel from other women it was like it was a real like a brick wall of fear Mm -hmm. and I had to climb over it but once you climb over it then you're at the top of that brick wall and you're just like yeah and you didn't die like, you look don't at you. die. <laughs> this is gonna love you. Your angels are gonna applaud you. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. Oh well, thank you. This isn't about me, but I just brought that up to be like, hey, you know, I this is am. this is a real struggle for so many of us who've it never is. performed in. I've performed within studios before, but never in. I have never in done public. anything. No. Yeah, I hadn't even done the in studio recitals. Well, I, I used to. Um, I used to tell people I'm not dancing for nobody but a man when I finally get one. <laughs> and now it's like if he's lucky, I'm dancing for no one but me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, well, exactly. that's super motivational. Like, um, I feel like everything you've said so far is super motivational. Oh, so good. we're gonna keep it coming, and we're gonna move into the second part of the interview. The okay. questions I ask everyone. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so who is Makita's pole crush? I think my pole. I've had the same pole crush forever, and that is um, Eva Bimbo. Yeah. Eva Bimbo. From Russia. Oh my god, from Russia. She has long legs. I'm short, 5'2", but I have long oh, legs. The leg, my legs are, so people think I'm way taller. Yeah. But I love the way she works her legs around the pole. So when I'm dancing, I think I try to channel her yes. and her leg magic. I love her. Uh, yeah, Eva Bembo is your spirit animal. Yes, yeah, she <laughs> is. She is. I love her. Oh, very good. Good one. And so how would you like to see the pole community evolve over the next five years? You know what? I would like to see the pole community become more of a utopia. When I first started pole dancing, I think I was a little naive because I thought the pole community was this perfect world where everything was just love and hugs and acceptance and light. It's still on earth. We still have all types of people. There's no such thing. No, I know, but I really did think this. And then when I got my wake up call, I was like, oh, it's just another, you know, like you said, we're we're all still human and we're all struggling and we're still on earth and we still mimic the broader society to a certain degree. So I like to see us become more utopian and more accepting of each other because we are not normal or regular. We are really different creatures. But in us being different creatures, we can't be looking at another creature, like if a guy wants to wear heels and be trying to say, well, you can't wear heels. No, we all special creatures, baby. Do you? (laughs) (laughs) So inside the pole community, I just think I wish everybody in the pole community would realize, well, I'm a little strange to that person over here. So who am I to say that the person next to me is strange? No, we got to spread more love and spread more light and be more inclusive and kill some of this jealousy that's going around. Oh, Lord, just because you could do a trick better than me, baby, go do your trick. (laughs) Don't don't be jealous. So I just want to see us become more utopian. And as we become more utopian, the broader community around us, we show them how to become more utopian. That's true. Lead by example. Rise Please. above the pettiness. Rise we're, above we're the better pettiness. Than that. Yes, yes. So, whew, so I've just seen some pettiness in the pole community that makes me go like, ah! I know, I know. <laughs> 
let's not feed that energy if you see yeah, it and don't, that don't yeah. buy into it and you know don't like you said it. earlier be louder with your be louder be the in, change in the want to be yeah. exactly exactly so I'm going to share all of your social media and a bunch Please of your articles do. and all of Please that in the do. show notes. Yeah, <laughs> so I hope everyone um, looks at the show notes. People don't know where the show notes are. It's if you're, lis- if you're listening on iTunes, because I get this all the time. Um, okay. So I'm going to address it right now. If you go on iTunes, it's like a drop down. You, you hit more and it drops down. But you can always go to the Pole Parlor website and it's always with um, under podcasts, under your specific episodes. So you can find it all there because there's some great articles and you, you we're going to have your sound meditation. You're sharing some great Oh, yeah, I got to send so. you one. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to find one to send you. So before we let you go, can you leave uh-huh. us with an empowering message or quote or anecdote just to, to sign off with? Um, I really think I just want to say it sounds really simple, but movement really matters. And I guess I say that because I am an older woman at 56 and it's, and that's my mission to empower older women because older women get discarded, you know, we get thrown to the side. <laughs> Movement really matters. Movement just matters. Whether you're walking, whether you're standing at your kitchen sink and you're just rocking your hips, whether you're just walking through the house, flailing your arms, whether you just do 10 minutes of exercise every other day movement matters it gets the chi flowing in your body it gets it gets your it it enlivens your aura it keeps you young movement movement matters just move that's such great advice it's it's more than just nailing that choreo nailing that trick it's like this overarching like self-care and exactly it's self-care that's what it is yes so important yeah and it's fun as hell it so is right so don't forget that (laughs) it's way more fun than you'll ever have at the gym or mall walking or whatever (laughs) i know that's what the ladies in my class are finding out they they tell me that saturdays at one o'clock is their favorite time of the week now because they get to come to class and just play it's like playtime yeah instead of doing like you know the the mall walking as like exactly no, no. Get yourself no. into uh, an entry level movement class, and you'll... yeah, entry level. We yeah. have fun, sexy playtime. Yeah, cool. Well, Makita, thank you so much for being oh, on the podcast. It's been so fun and enlightening you. speaking with you. <laughs> thank you. I love you. I love your pole parlor. I love your commitment to the pole community. I love your passion to put pole and aerial artists out there with their stories what you're doing is really 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 special and you are blessed oh well thank you and i love you back and you are the one that i am sending so much (laughs) blessings to and that serves to inspire me along with all the amazing people in our community so thank you thank you for listening to the pole parlor podcast want more Visit poleparlor.com for show notes and to link to the Facebook group where you can connect with other poleaholics and continue the conversation. Listen to past episodes and subscribe to new episodes on the website, YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Lots of love, babes. Thanks for listening.